Hello, welcome to Unbiased with me, Darshi Harindra. I help organizations rethink how they use data and new technologies in a compliant, unbiased, and inclusive way. I'm on a mission to rehumanize technology so that we can max out on all the potential benefits it brings whilst keeping people very much at the center of its oversight and success. Now, this podcast is very much centered on the human side of the equity and inclusion equation. Through guests sharing their stories of how bias has affected and continues to affect their day-to-day lives, we can get a glimpse into the beautifully complex fabric interwoven into our communities. And we can learn about some of their work in trying to address or combat the ill effects of some of those biases. Today, I'm joined by Dinesh Palakana. Dinesh is a doctor, lawyer, disability advocate and researcher, and he was the first quadriplegic medical intern in Queensland. Halfway through medical school, he was involved in a motor vehicle accident that caused a cervical spinal cord injury. And Dinesh has since completed an advanced clerkship in radiology at Harvard University. Dinesh currently works in the emergency department at the Gold Coast University Hospital. He's a senior lecturer at the Griffith University and adjunct research fellow at the Menzies Health Institute of Queensland. Dinesh is a researcher in spinal cord injury and he's a doctor for the Gold Coast Titans physical disability rugby team. And Dinesh is also the senior advisor to the Disability Royal Commissioner Commission and is a founding member of Doctors with Disabilities Australia. And to download the last few years of accolades for Dinesh, in 2018, Dinesh was named the Gold Coast Hospital and Health Services Junior Doctor of the Year. In 2019, he was awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia, and he was the third Australian to be awarded a Henry Vicardi Achievement Award. In 2021, he achieved the Griffith University Young Alumnus of the Year, and also Dinesh was the Queensland Australian of the Year for 2021. So not surprisingly, this year, Dinesh was listed as number 33 in the Courier Mail's top 100 power list for Queensland's most influential in health and well-being. His autobiography, Stronger, was published by Pan Macmillan in 2022. Dinesh, delighted to have you on Unbiased with me today. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, Dinesh, as you know, the theme of this podcast is bias and how we work through those biases that we face on our life journeys. And I believe that that simple action of sharing our own stories can reveal so much and give others pause to consider biases they may not have even thought of in the context of their own lives. Now, your book, Stronger, is a memoir in which you share your life story so far in a very open and vulnerable way. Uh, From your intro and your bio, it's abundantly clear that you're blazing a trail as a disability advocate and disrupting the medical profession as you go. But your experiences shared in the book touch on a whole gamut of other biases that lead people to often put restrictive labels on others. You address socioeconomic status, uh, the racism that you have witnessed and been victim of at times throughout your life as a Sri Lankan-born brown man, and you also tackle mental health issues. And you address that stigma that can come from any one of those things. So I really want to delve into some of all of those 
areas. But before I do, I always like to start from the beginning. So Dinesh, please, for those who haven't read your book yet, could you give some context and tell us how it all began? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, it all began in 1984 in Sri Lanka. It's when I was born in the uh, city of Kandy, which is in central Sri Lanka, to uh, my amazing mum, who says that I I was a breech baby, so she always tells me that I couldn't even be bothered turning. (laughs) So um, I was born there, and uh, Sri Lanka's history is, um, there's a lot to it, right? It was going through conflict at the time, and... Uh, There was a civil war between the Sinhalese and Tamil people and there was a political war um, with the socialist uprising. So there was so much happening in the country at the time and it was a uh, pretty violent period in its history as well. And um, I I often think, right, like when we – I was just listening to uh, the introduction that you made just then and – I always get sad when I see the divisive comments and uh, those sort of um, the sort of attitudes that sometimes come up in our society today. Because I've seen what the worst of it looks like, which is which was the civil war. So um, yeah, I think it was a really tough time, and that's where life started, really. Yeah, um, I, I resonate with that. I, I was born in 1983 but in the UK but my mum was pregnant with me when she left Sri Lanka my, my parents are Sri Lankan born and they left and amidst um, some riots that occurred as I'm sure you'll know around that time in Sri Lanka so as part of as part of my own journey if you will into living more intentionally and with purpose over the past few years I've been thinking a lot about and asking other people about labels I'm trying to, I'm personally trying to land on how I really feel about them and if they serve us beneficially, um, if at all. And I often share about my own biases and how in an attempt to connect, I can be very quick to create links and narratives in my own head that may not be there in reality. I mean, there's plenty of research showing that humans are hardwired to make judgments and create particular connections for our brain to sort through that information overload. And as I've shared, Dinesh, I also come from this Sri Lankan um, background, and so I connect with some of the things that you were saying in your book um, but those kind of those connections through labels like from my own I'll share a couple of examples when I was reading your book it could have been really silly things like I think you mentioned how um, you really dislike fruit flavored desserts like a dessert is not a dessert unless it's chocolate and that is absolutely how I and lots of my members of my family feel so I'm suddenly like is this a Sri Lankan thing that <laughs> we just only need chocolate for desserts rather than just a fellow other human being that um, that shares a particular um, preference for for chocolate over fruit doesn't belong, belong after a main meal but it also on another level, I had made an assumption um, when learning that you're a doctor, Dinesh, that rather than being the really purpose-driven path and vocation that it was for you, I had made an assumption based on a lot of experiences of my own family and other sort of immigrant Sri Lankans that you became a doctor because you were 
brought up in a classic middle class immigrant background, uh, immigrant household, had a good education and got the grades to study medicine. And therefore, that's what you did, because that's what was a parental expectation. Um, for me, I know that's changing a lot, but when I was growing up in the UK in the 90s, if you're a Sri Lankan immigrant and you weren't a doctor, it was because you couldn't be one rather than you, you chose not to be. So um, that's my long-winded way of asking you, at this point in time, where do you stand on the value of labels? Do you think there's a place for them, even if as a motivating factor in galvanizing you to break through the boxes that labels can sometimes confine you in? What are your thoughts? I guess the most prominent label that I navigate these days is disability. And uh, there, there's, there are lots of different opinions about disability and um, the prevailing, uh, I suppose, community community. Uh, approach or attitude is that it, it's it's not a bad word it's a good word and that it should be used without um without feeling bad but um i always wonder like you know when you look at it in the traditional sense uh whether what is what is disability like am i because i've, I've done so much more after the spinal cord injury than i did before and um so, I don't know. I, I also read that uh, I read once that a human being cannot be broken, but it's society that breaks them. So when we look at labels like disability, I, w I wonder what that actually means. I wonder what the what those kind of labels mean. And then, um, then looking at labels like Sri Lankan or skin color or brown or whatever, I um, my my family was not a, your traditional nuclear family. Like it's evolved from a few different, like it, it's, it's not the standard sort of Sri Lankan uh, family. And because of that, I think the, it was always difficult to navigate the Sri Lankan community because of it. And there was even a period where it was like sort of the talk of the town and that kind of thing. And it was, it, I found that to be really quite disappointing and then um, I, I was really lucky in that when we moved to Australia, we went we 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 moved to Byron Bay, which is a was a very small town back then, and it was full of diversity. And uh, there weren't actually many. There was I think one other Sri Lankan family there. So we quickly um, I grew up with all so many different people. And there wasn't really any labels there. Like we were just, I was Dinesh and I was a, I was a person and no one cared. No one cared about where I was from or what my skin color was or anything like that. No, no one actually cared. And I was just me. So I went to school in uh, my formative years in a place where we didn't really have labels. And that was really cool. I think so. I grew up uh, without that. And then, Lately, I've been reflecting as well because um, when we talk about, say, politics, people identify as being left or right or this or that, and then you sit on a camp, right, and then um, then you automatically think, oh, no, no, my, my politics are left-wing and therefore, you know, I'm this or that, or no, my, political, my politics are right-wing and I'm this or that, or 
but all that's actually really damaging you know and I think people just fundamentally like I think people don't go out wanting to hurt others or people don't go out wanting to you know they don't I don't think they inherently have ill will uh, but when we put ourselves into these camps and we, when we label ourselves and we label others, I think that leaves a lot of room for division and conflict. And uh, that, that's, that's what I don't really like. Yeah, I'm really reflecting on that thing that you shared about actually that, that you said you'd read that, you know, it's not so much the labels that can be effectively, that it's not the labels that can be problematic. It's what we interpret or what society puts around those labels because that makes a lot of sense to me as soon as you assign a label to yourself or someone else that to take your the left or right leaning you know political example you then have to to reconcile the fact that you only have some of those traits you're not all of that thing and then and then it becomes this sort of vicious cycle of of an individual problem in trying to trying to, to place ourselves in order to belong to something versus just having a playing field where we just are who we are and those terms the terms that we use to describe ourselves are nothing other than descriptors so yeah I, I think a, that's a that's also a way of saying I'm still I'm still trying to trying to grapple with 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 those things but where where you come where your insights are really interesting Dinesh is that you you deal with a whole host of labels and how they kind of intersect with each other. So so I really value those those insights as a result. And you also you, you mentioned how disabilities is probably the one that you're working alongside and with and around the most, and that you do more, you've been doing so much more so post your your injury and all the the advocacy work that you're doing. But you talk about in your book before that you had the accident that caused your spinal cord injury, you shared um, quite openly about suffering from depression whilst you were a law student, I think. And I was I was really moved by your depiction. But in particular, you um, you suggested uh, you that depression in some ways felt worse to you than your physical disability does now. And you said, and, uh, and I quote, that being a prisoner of the mind is far worse than the body. So could you go into a bit more detail on the personal impacts on you to being what you described as that prisoner of the mind? And to what extent have those experiences and do those experiences also play a part in your disability advocacy work now? Yeah, um, I read a book. I can't remember which book it was, but I read a book a little while ago that, um, and it talked about Malcolm X, and he was in prison for a period of time. Uh, and uh, apparently Malcolm X said that when it was when he was in prison that he felt the most free because he read so many books and he expanded his mind and he learned a lot and uh, this and that. So uh, even though he was literally a prisoner in a jail, he, he became who he was and he felt free. And it was the same for me, I think, because, you know, when your mind is, uh, when I was depressed, it was tough. Like it was, it was really tough. And uh, my, my soul suffered and I, I was really paralyzed. Like I, I struggled at law school, I struggled with jobs, I struggled with 
relationships, I struggle with friendships, I struggle to interact, I struggle so much. And uh, it was hard. So, but after the spinal cord injury, I've been able to do so many different things and all these things that we talked about, uh, me and you, are after the spinal cord injury. So I do think it was, it was a lot harder for me. Um, I think it was a lot more paralyzing, the depression, honestly. So I feel that if, um, if I have my soul and my mind, uh, I can do, I feel like I'm free. Uh, whereas, you know, yeah, when, when, I, when I think those things were affected, it was a lot harder. Yeah. And in your book, like I'm a bookworm as well. And um, you and I've also been, yeah, quite spiritual. I um, read a lot. And you dropped like a ton of insights within the first few pages of the book. And, um, and, and the, a lot that were quite spiritual in terms of the perspective that you continue to maintain when it comes to hardships that people suffer in life. And throughout the book, you were framing chapters with references to stoicism, I think, for example. And, and, just, and so picking up on between that and picking up on um, the Malcolm X example that you're raising, what role, if any, has reading and spirituality and and space for thought beyond the kind confines of your day-to-day world played in your life and recovery? Oh man, a lot. Like when I was recovering from the spinal cord injury, there were so many days where I was sort of laying in bed. Um, there were so many days where I was just, uh, in one place. There were so many days where I was just reflecting and recovering and trying to figure my life out. And I read a lot, like I read heaps, I read heaps of books, I learned about different things and I learned about a variety of topics as well, like I read about politics and I read about the financial markets and I read about like all sorts of stuff, just all different things and uh, it was really good because it just opened my, when I was uh, stuck in my body, it opened my mind to the world. And uh, one of the things of late actually is... um, I used to hate flying after this final cord injury, like hated flying because it's, um, you know, you've got to get to a different wheelchair and you've got to get in the plane and it's uncomfortable and it's blah, blah, blah. But um, I, got, uh, I got a phone with a slightly bigger screen and a ton of books on it now and I love flying because I uh, put on my headphones and I read a book and... Um, Sometimes, like, I've, I've been in mid-fun. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is so good. So, uh, so I think readings, readings, reading's been really good because it's just helped me learn and understand different things and get exposed to different ideas. And um, I, 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 I wonder if, you know, the way knowledge is expressed in a book, I don't know if there's uh, another platform that does it as powerfully. Books are just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Preaching to the converted there. How, how do you create that space for yourself now that you're in this daily grind, you're doing all this advocacy work on top of a day job as a doctor? How do you carve out that space? It doesn't take much, right? Like it takes like, you can read three pages a day or you can read 10 pages a day or like, 
you, you just chip away at it bit by bit. I think we try to like, I think um, life is about habits and small changes every day. And, um, you know, you take this idea of incremental improvement and if you can get 1% 1 better at something every day or grow by 1% every day, then that adds up over a year. There are 365 days in a year. So um, I think you can just, you know, you just chip away where you can um, uh, and you make time, right? Like you, you, I always think the other, the other thing I often reflect on is busyness. But to me, um, to me, I think busy, busy is if you're like, I think the slaves who built the pyramids in ancient Egypt were busy. I think the kids who worked in, worked in sweatshops or those, you know, the people in different parts of the world, but we have this gift of being given a choice on how to spend our time. Um, and I think when we have the freedom to do that, uh, you make time, right? If you want to read, then we spend a bit of time reading. If you want like we have that gift and we have that ability when so many people don't have the choice. They just make time. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be a real privilege to be able to choose how you spend your time based on your values and not have those decisions made for you. Yeah. Moving back into sort of into that the, the bias and, and kind of the discrimination space that you address in your book and as and obviously through all the advocacy work that you do, um, the book contains some really powerful stories about the discrimination that you face personally and particularly in the medical profession. And you combine them with some quite startling data on the extent to which disabled people suffer discrimination, lack of access to services, and they're at greater risk of falling victim to, to sexual assault. Um, tell us a bit more about this and how the work you're doing now, some of the ways that the work you're doing now looks to redress that imbalance or bring more awareness to it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there are, for people with disability, Across the world, uh, there are challenges in healthcare, education, employment, like all these things that we take for granted. There's a gap in life expectancy. There's, and the, these are amplified when you bring intersections in, like uh, when you, you know, when you look at culturally and linguistically diverse communities, or when you take when you go to other countries who aren't as economically prosperous as Australia is, for example. Um, so the, these things can get amplified for a lot of people. But um, the challenges have been everywhere, and particularly during COVID, we had many conversations about how to make sure that people weren't affected by healthcare rationing where they were deprioritized from life-saving healthcare. Um, there have been conversations about education and employment um, and how, how to improve participation and to, to give people choice of how they live their lives and the best opportunity at life. So there's a broad range of work that's happening in the disability community on all these things because many of these fundamental rights have been impinged upon for people with disability. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start. But, but I think um, with the investment in the NDIS and with uh, so many passionate people in the community, it's we're starting to make progress and, and things are starting to change. 
So to round off, uh, Dinesh, then final question, what is one or a few tangible things or an attitude that many people without a disability have that you think if we could change that could have the biggest impact on equality for disabled people? I think um, labels, right? Labels are, I think labels are, labels can be damaging because if we were having a chat and like, I don't know, like if we were on different ends of the political spectrum and like, oh, no, no, she's a righty or a lefty or whatever, like immediately, like people immediately have judgments about, you know, who each other are. Or, um, so I think labels are, labels are really, can be quite risky. Uh, but I think the other thing is actually, uh, what we need the most in the world, I think, is kindness. And it's this kindness that goes both ways. Um, if we're just kind to each other, and if we're kind to each other to allow each other to make mistakes, right? Because you see sometimes people make a misstep um, with all good intentions about the wrong wording or something like that, and, and we're so quick to uh, to punish people as a, as a society, but I think we need kindness. I mean, we think I think we need kindness from both directions for us to progress and move forward and flourish. Um, so, if I could say one thing, I think it's just being kind to each other, no matter where we sit. Ah, oh, I can't say better than that, Dinesh. I'm so glad that your friend who never reads a book convinced you to write one you're so inspiring on so many levels and it gives me great hope that someone like you represent get to represent australia in the way that you do and um i hope those accolades keep on coming you can spread spread your word far and wide thank you so much for taking time out thank you thanks so much for having me it's been a blast i've enjoyed our conversation I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbiased with me, Darshi Harindra. I derive so much energy and learn so much from speaking to such inspiring guests and amplifying diverse voices. If you feel the same way, please do subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you consume your content from and follow me and the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes as they drop. I'd also love to hear from you what works for you, what you'd like to hear more of, you can connect with me via my website, darshiharindra.com. Until next time, stay open, 